It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The 2022 NFL Draft is over. What grade do we give the Cowboys in their nine selections that they made? And who was the biggest surprise of the class? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at McCool, at McCool BCB, at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out at McCool BCB. Uh, Landon, you can tell, man, I'm tired. This, this draft is uh, worn on me, but how are you doing today, sir? Good. I, I Listen, Marcus, I don't have any problem being your secretary and uh, passing along any messages. What do, you think, get, what do you think people would think if they found out that you're the one that actually tweets all my tweets out? Uh, I think they would be shocked. Yeah, I think that I think that would be one of the best third act twists of uh, Cowboys Twitter. I think of all time uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm tired. I just got done uh, doing an article for the game day where I broke down literally every single pick and gave mm. grades for every selection. Um, this draft is exhausting later, but I'm excited to talk about it for the Cowboys because I think we learned a lot. Uh, yeah. I think there were some some big takeaways. I do want to mention off the top. Uh, We're going to talk about every player briefly today, but over the next week, two weeks, we're going to be doing a deep dive in every single selection, how they fit in with the Cowboys, why the Cowboys made that pick, what's the ceiling, what's the most likely uh, scenario here. So if you're looking for us to break down every pick today in depth, that's not going to happen. So make sure you guys are tuning in all week. That's how we... uh, There's too many many picks, guys. There's too many picks for us to do in the 30 minutes. We'll be having a four-hour podcast today. So (laughs) I think this is better. We're going to make sure that all these guys get their their time on the show. But let's start with this, Lanham. What was your big takeaway from the Cowboys draft class this year? I mean, I think the big thing that you know we learned this this year is that you know a lot of these tried and true Cowboys axioms are, are falling by the wayside. The idea of them uh, only kind of preferring Power Five conference folks the, and drafting them as mm-hmm. really kind of <laughs> this was obliterated by this draft. I mean, Tyler Smith, uh, Jalen Tolbert, uh, 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 Matt Waletsko, all those guys coming from smaller schools that you know we would have. I mean, honestly, like we'll talk about Tolbert. But one of the reasons that we didn't even discuss him before is, I mean, we watched him, but we didn't really discuss him on this pod is because the Cowboys don't normally go for guys like nope. that. So um, it was it was surprising when we got on to, on to, into the draft and people were starting to like whisper that the Cowboys really, really liked Tolbert. First of all, c- kudos to the Cowboys for keeping that close to their chest, because <laughs> honestly, I think I heard every Cowboys wide receiver, every wide receiver except for Tolbert linked mm-hmm. to the Cowboys. Uh, and 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 I just think it, it's showing you that the Cowboys are maybe evolving here in, in in some of their you know evaluations of what they're willing to take. I also think it's interesting that we heard a bunch of noise about them trying to trade up in the first round, which I still think is the case. But 
And we have a, a long history now of the Cowboys really not trading up at all, right? They've got one trade in the fourth round for Tyler Biotish in 2020. Before that, can you even think of the last guy the Cowboys traded up for? Was it Demarcus Lawrence in 2014? I mean, that's probably I, I, it, right? I, 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 yeah, I mean, certainly within like you know the t- the top 90, the top 100 picks. I, that's the, it's the just, only one I could think of. I mean, you could tell a cow unless the Cowboys absolutely fall in love with somebody they're just not all that interested in trading up um they didn't make a single trade during this draft correct no they didn't and uh i think you know they clearly had uh you know and this is another thing we could talk about overall but the class they clearly just based on what they said in their their post uh, draft press conferences they clearly had pods of players that they liked uh and and they were willing to uh, you know, I, I think really that that fourth round pick was when we, we we thought that they would potentially make a trade with one of those fists to move up. They were perfectly satisfied to let those guys fall to them so as to not have to give up one of those fifth round picks and make those selections because I think they really liked the value in the fourth and fifth round. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I think they were satisfied with the way that they had set up their sequencing, and I think that they you know were able to kind of. Uh, regain a lot of the value that some folks may have felt like they missed in the early rounds with, with you know with all the great picks they had especially in the fifth round uh, where they got guys who you know that were really high on their board that had fallen because of the, just the sheer yeah. volume of players in this draft. Uh, I, I've got some other takeaways that I want to talk about here that I noticed during the draft, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your uh, betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including league reviews and news this season, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting, the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, one of my big takeaways is I think this draft class, more than any draft in recent memory, feels like a future draft, right? They're not drafting guys necessarily to fill needs this year, although they did, but it felt more about, for example, they draft Tyler Smith with the idea of him playing guard, but to eventually play left tackle, right? They draft Sam Williams with the idea that he's probably eventually going to be their starting right defensive end, probably just not this year, right? They draft Jalen Tolbert, who maybe eventually is going to replace Michael Gallup after Gallup's two-year contract is up. I mean, because that's really what Gallup's contract is. I think there's an outside chance, Landon, that, I mean, unless, I mean, maybe Connor McGovern looks really good in training camp or something like that, but you might only get one day one starter out of this whole draft for the Cowboys we're just not really used to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's likely that Tyler Smith is your starter at, at left. Guard. I think it I is mean, too. But I, outside of that, I don't see anybody else starting right away. 
Yeah, well, I mean, again, like I think the, the issue here is that you know the last two years you're, you're picking a lot higher and, and you're picking in uh, drafts that had a lot more talent up top. I think, um, you know, the, the the Cowboys, you know, at the positions that they drafted in, they needed talent, but they didn't necessarily need their starters. You know, like I think Tolbert comes in as your wide receiver, hopeful wide receiver three, um, and I think you need three wide receivers, so you could you know maybe consider that. Uh, a, a starter or I mean, however you want to phrase that. I think he's going to play a, a lot. Um, Sam Williams is a guy who will come in and, and be part of a rotation. So I, 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 you're right that I don't think he's going to be a starter, but I do think he's going to be heavily involved. Uh, you know, Tyler Smith is likely going to get, going to yeah. you know, start yeah. at left guard. Ferguson, I think will be uh, your tight end too. And, or, or, or at least working up to that, I think he's going to get some play. So yeah, you're, you're right in the sense that they didn't draft immediate walk-in starters. But I also think that again, you know, this is a pretty talented team. And, and so it, it's, you can draft guys like this at positions that you need um, and not necessarily expect them to come in and play, uh, full time at the spot that they are going to start out at, you know. Yeah. So I think Sam Williams being kind of your third rotational defensive end that'll last maybe half the season. And if he picks it up, you know, he's going to see an increase in his snaps. Tolbert, similar situation. If he plays well, you know, I, obviously they'll feature him more. You know, a lot of these guys I think can earn more playing time while serving important roles early yeah. in the season, uh, even if they aren't starting roles. The other thing that I really liked about this class. And my biggest problem is some of the players that they pick, but uh, I love that they are drafting money five positions, right? They're, they're mm. spending resources at the most important positions. I mean, we're going to call Tyler Smith a guard probably for year one, maybe year two, but they clearly drafted him with the idea that he's going to be a left tackle. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty clear. Um, you drafted an edge rusher in round two. You drafted a wide receiver in round three, a tight end in round four, a left tackle project in round five, a cornerback in round five. I mean, they're, they just, they're not going to waste picks early that on guys that just aren't going to return a lot of value. And that's, that's nice to see. I honestly, and also I think another thing that we should comment on is that I think their draft makes a lot of sense. You know, there's a clear plan here. Um, I think it's one of my favorite things about the, well, let's go pick is that, it's Tyler Smith insurance, you know, like, like what happens if, well, let's go develops in a couple years, looks really good. And you like Tyler Smith at guard, maybe you keep them there, you know, and, and there's that kind of fallback plan. I think, it, you know, the, the fact that what you talked about, they drafted positions that are, are, you know, very expensive money positions as we call them um, at, at, at clear key spots up top. And then what did they do in the fourth and fifth rounds you know, into the sixth? They took athletes. They took guys, e either athletes or guys that like Ridgeway who yeah. that are going to play a very specific role and, and, you know, things like that. I mean, again, we talk about axioms that could be falling Ridgeway being drafted in the fifth round. That's, that's new. You know, we haven't really seen that. It doesn't seem like a very heavy investment, but frankly, any nose tackle drafted by the Cowboys. The well, it's top back to back years, right? Yeah. I back mean, it's, it's, they've spent it's at least a draft pick on a 320 plus pound defensive tackle. And, and the comment in the, in the uh, post post draft interview uh, was that they felt like they needed two of those guys. It, it's not just necessarily competition. I mean, there is competition, but they felt like they needed two of those big bodies. So, 
I think that you know, there's these. This draft makes a lot of sense. Like it's it's you know, it it really does kind of hit the the needs they need they had. It 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 makes sense for a way their future planning, their future proofing everything. Uh, And and like you said, they they hit positions that are are expensive on the free agents market, so that they can you know get the most savings by having them on rookie contracts. Just don't tell Quentin Bohana there's a competition at nose tackle because I did this weekend and he got very mad. Oh. Wow. Go check out his Twitter. He's, uh, a big, he, yeah. he's a big guy. You don't want mad yeah, at you, Marcus. Yeah, it's, fine. it's fine. It's whatever. Uh, yeah, I, here's the, the final takeaway. I completely agree with the Cowboys' philosophy on positions. I love that they took athletes. I think by the relative athletic score, they had the eighth uh, best draft class in terms of average RAS. And actually, if you remove the John Ridgeway pick, they're number one, which – kind of funny uh but they 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 took athletes and even their udfas which we'll get to later this week early next week i mean they're all athletes from the udfa class but my biggest takeaway is this draft just didn't fall great for them and there's years where you're you know everything is perfectly laying up like cd lamb falls to you at 17 uh you've got trevon Diggs falls to you and those are guys at positions you need this year it felt like it was tough, right? Because luck I, regression. Yeah. I mean, I think they would have loved Trevor Petting at 24 if he would have fell, fallen to them. He did. He went 19. Uh, all the offensive tackles went early. Uh, I think the Cowboys would have been interested if one of the receivers fell to them. I think we had what five or six receivers inside the top 18 picks. I mean, those guys just flew off the board. Um, even the receivers in the second round, right? You had, I mean, you had a bunch of receivers go early second round. Uh, that weren't options for the Cowboys, including Christian Watson, Sky Moore, George Pickens. So sometimes the draft just falls your way. This one didn't. Yeah, I, I think that that's very clear. And it was happening from day one. And look, I mean, part of it is we need to admit it. It can be tough to draft at the back end of the of the of the rounds yeah. if it you is. have needs that need to fill. Right. So um I think that the Cowboys had several different players taken right out underneath their nose. I think that they were trying to trade up uh, to go get Alave. It sounds yes. like, uh, and they weren't able to execute that trade. New Orleans just was able to get, get it done. Um, you know, Which, by I, the I way, just, I, we both like Alave. I wouldn't have done the trade that. That was a lot, man. I mean, was, you had to go up and, to eleven. That, that would be your second and third round pick at least to do that. And I guess, you know, that's really where I was surprised and maybe the Cowboys were surprised too is there were a lot of folks willing to go up. And and, and I think we had had discussions that we thought that maybe the value there was value in trading uh, up this year because there were teams desperate to get back and there weren't a lot of teams going up, but that didn't necessarily end up being the case. There were several teams that clearly were very interested in going up. So, uh, you know, I think the way the board fell Listen, we talked about it uh, um, on Friday or whatever when we when we talked last. The quarterbacks not going was just devastating to the Cowboys draft board. Not only the, the fact, first round, but the rest of the draft, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's why the Cowboys, I feel like, were kind of on the other side of 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 these picks falling to where they wanted uh, to them uh, up until the fifth round. You know, because they those that five or six guys that you, you were expecting to kind of go in the top, at least in the top 90 picks, you yeah. know, they didn't go. And um, only two quarterbacks were taken, I think in the top 100 picks, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So I think three, uh, you ended up having three with okay. Corral, Ritter and. Uh, oh yeah. 
Oh, and, Corral and, might get in there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I think that that's you know those two things kind of made it for tough pickings. I think the Cowboys had uh, some some difficult decisions to make at different points. Uh, and I think you know, look, despite that, I feel like they had uh, uh, it, it wasn't so, as terrible as as we all thought it could be. Um, and but it also didn't have the kind of floor that we expected because you looked at guys like Kenyon Green and, and Zion Johnson going off the board early. They clearly seemed to be more interested in the guys who can play guard and tackle, right? Which so I, I mean. I agree with I get you. it. This is this is what my problem with Zion and Green before. I was yeah, again, I would have liked those guys at 24, and I would have been happy with the selection, but you gotta realize you're not getting a ton of value there if those guys are only playing guard. And it was pretty clear for the Cowboys that they had some concerns about Zion even as a guard in the NFL. Like it sounds like they liked him better at center. Um, and if that's the case, you really don't I mean the value is just not there picking a center at number 24. Let, let me ask you this because uh, the, and we talked about this in the DMs. There was a moment during the uh, the post draft press conference where Will McClay made a comment that very much seemed to indicate that Trevor Linderbaum was not their number one. Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, uh, I'm Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. So already these names are already leaving my head. Uh, I I wonder if Zion Johnson was that guy, and, and that that's who they actually considered to be their number one center. Um, I'm just throwing I that think, out there because I mean, that comment is, was very interesting. I, I've not been told this or anything, but this is more just like an educated guess. I think it was Cole Strange. Interesting. interesting. And it makes a little bit more sense because Strange is 6'5", 310 pounds with, I mean, much longer arms. It sounds like the NFL just likes Strange a whole lot more than everybody else did. Like, I don't know if you saw the clip on like Kyle Shanahan talking about it and he said – yeah, we watched it. That's a first round guy all day, right? So, yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I, I definitely saw Dane's face when when the when they picked him. It was interesting, and and you know, I think uh, uh, the 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 Rams uh, brain trust kind of reacting to uh, him being picked kind of showed that they were clearly very interested in him but, as well. Yeah, and I mean, Lance Erline, um, one of the most respected offensive line people in the league. His dad was working with. Uh, Cole Strange, and he's, he said through the whole process, don't be surprised if this guy goes top 40, top 50. And he did, right? I mean, it happens. That's why this class is, is strange, right? But Thank uh, you. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Well done, sir. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about the players uh, and what we think. We're not going to spend a lot of time, but just really quickly. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Uh, heavens knows, I ate a lot of Built Bars. This <laughs> my energy up because holy cow, that was a lot. Uh, but Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, you can eat them. You can enjoy them. They're very healthy for you. Uh, they're covered, or they only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar, which has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. It's not even a contest. Go to Bilt.com to get all of your favorites, including banana cream pie, raspberry double chocolate, and so many more. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's uh, let's run through these draft picks really quickly again. We're not going to spend a ton of time, but just in case you haven't heard anything about these players, uh, here we go. Tyler Smith, pick 24. Yeah, so I mean, we we mentioned him a lot on Friday, uh, but uh, a very athletic, very strong, uh, good temperament, nasty guy who we think that uh, is going to come in and play guard for you right away, uh, and then likely will make a move to tackle eventually once he kind of gets some hand technique stuff under control. Basically, at this point, he, his hands uh, have a very low starting point. He has some holding issues because of uh, the strike point. Yeah. Uh, once they can get those fixed, I think he can make a move out to tackle um, maybe in a year or two. I still wonder if he's going to be a better right tackle than left tackle. I, I, we'll maybe. see. I mean, I, it's pretty clear they want him to play left tackle. Uh, but it's, we should talk about that. It's interesting that they kind of are referring to these guys by side, right? Like they're, yes. they're, he's a left guard, left tackle. He's going to play on the left side. I think that's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting approach to kind of dealing with this. Well, well I agree with it though. It's, it's a lot yeah. easier to, to slide a guard that's playing left guard to left tackle than it is to have a guy completely change up his stance and everything. I right. I agree. Absolutely. Um, it, we should also mention, we talked about before how the Cowboys love to draft college offensive tackles and slide him to guard. They did it again. I mean, this is like the millionth time that they've done it. So uh, not surprising at all. Uh, all right. Next one, uh, Sam Williams. We should also uh, tell people he wants to be referred to as D Williams. He was on the blogging, the boys podcast. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that. If that's his wish. So D Williams defensive end from Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, this guy is explosive uh, and fast. Uh, and I think he's a speed and speed to power rusher guy all day long. He's kind of, uh, you know, he's very underdeveloped. Uh, he, he has some, uh, I think he has some usefulness immediately. I think you're going to be able to put him in on third downs uh, and he can rush the passer, uh, you know, as part of a rotation. Um, but I think that, you know, he definitely has a ways to go. What he has uh, physically can't be taught. He's he's incredibly strong for a guy that's only 6'3", 260. He's uh, incredibly explosive. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had like a one five two, yeah, a one five two ten yard split. That's freaking ridiculous. Yep. As Dane Brugler pointed out, that's actually faster than Garrett Wilson's one ten yard split. And he's and and D Williams is two hundred sixty plus pounds. Yep. So this is a guy who I think that has some traits that you can come in right away with the traits that he has, and he can give you some pass rushes early. But I think, you know, year two, year three, this guy could really develop into a demon on the edge uh, and be a guy that kind of is your Randy Randy Gregory replacement uh, in two years and and, and part of a rotation to replace Randy this year. I think he's like Dante Fowler, 2.0. Go look at Fowler coming out of college. Identical size, uh, almost identical athleticism. Uh, Both struggle a little bit with the, the hips. They're not the most bendy guys in the world, but... I think in the right scheme on the right defense, you can be a pretty productive pass rusher. Um, I, I also think, I don't know if you saw this interview, but him talking about playing the four eye at Ole Miss and somebody asking him, how excited are you to play like a traditional edge rusher? And his eyes lit up. Like he is so excited to not have to battle tackles and guards anymore. So I do think this, the scheme change is going to really benefit him. Uh, we'll see how much. Next one, Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver from South Alabama in the third round. This one is, you know, I mean, again, we talked about it. 
we talked about all these wide receivers except for Jalen Tolbert simply because of the idea that he came from uh, South Alabama. We we kind of ruled out that the Cowboys would pick a South Alabama wide receiver in the second or third round, wherever he was going to be picked. Uh, but, I mean, this is a guy who, uh, frankly to me, and everyone said it, so I'm not breaking news here, he's he's a very Michael Gallup-type player. You know, he's a... Uh, he's going to get downfield. He's very smooth. He moves very well. He can he can attack the ball at its highest point. He'll go up and get it. He'll win jump balls. Um, he's got good quickness, very good quickness. Um, good start stop. Uh, I think he you know has some route refinement that needs to be done. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think he's like a mean streak version of Michael Gallup. Right, because if you watch him, man, he's trash talking. He's he's making big catches. He's like cradling the ball like a baby in front of guys. He's, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just he's he's a lot of fun. And 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 the competition, you know, times he's played uh, in big big time competition against Tennessee, he he blew them out and had like a seven catch, one hundred and forty plus yard game. Um, I, I, I like this guy a lot. I think he has a lot uh, to uh, his game that's very similar. My only issue with him really is that, you know, it, it seems like, a, again, more of the same. It seems yeah. like, like... I think we, that's we, purposeful, though. Honestly, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, probably so. I, I think part of it, to me, you know, I don't see the Michael Gallup comp. I could be totally wrong. I see CeeDee Lamb. Like, I just that, that same 6'1", 190-pound guy that's kind of flexible when he's in the air. Uh, you know, four or five speed, really, but plays faster than that. I think Tolbert should be a slot receiver in the NFL. And you just let him do I the. I think he will. Yeah. yeah. Deep middle of the field stuff. Uh, fun fact he's older than CD Lamb. Hmm. That's funny. He, but, you know, it's. He he does a really good job. You, you talked about crossing routes. He does a really good job on those long over routes. Like he yeah. just presents a very nice target coming across the field. So I have a feeling that he'll get a lot of catches, kind of running those sort of routes because he presents. He's not a big guy, but he has a he has a a, a big target radius because of his just ability to high point and attack the football in the air. Uh, next one, Jalen Ferguson, tight end in the fourth round. I I believe the Cowboys were going to draft Charlie Kohler. Uh, until the Ravens picked him one spot ahead of him, but they go with Jake Ferguson, tight end from Wisconsin. Yeah, Ferguson is one of the guys who, you know, uh, with Otten and uh, uh, the Ohio State Rud- Rud- Rucker. Yeah, Rucker. Yeah, I was, I, think, I was thinking Rucker sounded wrong in my head, Rucker. and it is Rucker. Um, you know, I think that those three were kind of the. Uh, guys that you felt like you could plug and play as uh, a, 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 a versatile tight end in the NFL, right? Th- these are guys who could come in right away, function as a blocker, kind of work their way into their role. Uh, and, and I think that Ferguson is that guy. He's he's going to come in here. He's going to be a solid blocker. Uh, he's he's a he's a hard worker. He's a uh, a coach's son. He's the son of Barry Alvarez, who is mm-hmm. the you know very legendary uh, uh, coach from Wisconsin for years and years. So he comes from a football family. Uh, he has the pedigree. I think he has the kind of ability as a as a blocker. He has really good quickness. Uh, I, I think he's actually you know he's one of those guys who is. Has is very rare. Has the the blocking ability, but also just the short area quickness. He doesn't have long speed at all. He's not no. you know pulling no. away from guys. But in the same way that Witten was really good at separating at the top of route, despite being old as hell, 
they they he could get open like that. And he and the other thing about it too is that he catches everything. Like he just has incredible hands. He's very very reliable in that sense. So to me, he reads like a very solid tight end too. Some people are talking comparing him to Schultz. I think Schultz is a little more athletic than this guy. I, I agree. Um, but I think that that Ferguson can come in and serve in that tight end two role very well, uh, and and be a better blocker than Blake Jarwin was. Uh, you know, not not nearly the wide receiver, but 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 be a, a better you know traditional tight end two than I think what you're normally used to, which is a, another receiving tight end as your tight end two. I, I was just lukewarm on the pick. I, I like some of the tight ends better, but once we got to that stage of the fourth round, they kind of got wiped out at tight end. It, again, the draft just did not fall particularly great for them at that spot. Uh, well, I'll save the rest of my thoughts on him for later in the week. Uh, Matt, well, let's go. Uh, offensive tackle from North Dakota. Why don't, why don't you give me your thoughts here? Because you know well, let's go better than I do, frankly. I, uh, watched every rep of him at the senior bowl and he his technique is miles away it, i mean he needs yeah. to gain about 35 pounds probably he, he's got a massive frame uh but the technique is so far uh, away from being ready for the nfl however this is probably my favorite pick in the draft for the cowboys because when you get to the fifth round you gamble on athletes and this guy is one of the best athletes we've ever seen at the tackle position he's extremely long uh, and despite the technique being pretty poor, he didn't lose at the, the senior bowl. So if you no. if you just find a way to refine stuff over the next year or two, you might be looking at somebody who could be a swing tackle in 2023, 2024. And who knows beyond that? I just these are the kind of guys that are worth gambling on when you get to the fifth round. He's six seven, three hundred fifteen pounds, and you're right; he can easily gain thirty, thirty five more pounds. He looks like and, a stick handle. out there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's got thirty six inch arms, like thirty six inch plus arms. Yep. Uh, and 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 yeah, he ran a a five oh three with a one seven split. I mean, that's really moving for a big guy with a you know nine nine foot five five inch broad jump. The reason I'm quoting these these testing numbers is because. I mean that's the bottom line with this guy. You know, he that's like I said, it's right. it's it's basically building him from the ground up as uh, technique wise. Which, you know, look, that's <laughs> that's what you get from these guys, and those those are the guys that are are becoming the superstars nowadays. These kind of developmental athletes. If you could find a way to get this guy's technique right, oh boy, he is uh, he's he could be something else. And again, this is North Dakota, not North Dakota State, mm -hmm. the, the powerhouse. So you get him in the NFL with some NFL coaching in an NFL weight room. We'll see two years from now if you can find a way to stash him either on the practice squad or whatever. Um, I just think he's got a lot of traits, a 7-1 wingspan. He, yeah. he is absurdly huge. Uh, all right, the next pick that the Cowboys had, Deron Bland, a cornerback uh, from – I don't even remember what it was. Fresno, Fresno State. State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Long. Over six foot tall corner, you know, I mean, basically just the, 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 the prototype. I mean, yep. they, these, they, they fits all the metrics. He says 32 inch arms, which is pretty decent for, you know, they usually like 33 or 30, you know, 32 and a half at least. 32 is the threshold. You have to be 30, at 32 is the minimum. So he, he got that. He's got some good speed. He ran a four, four, six. Uh, I think the thing that really stands out here with, with, with bland is he's an, he's a very, very good man coverage player. Yep. Um, and, and that's one of the things that he really kind of shined in at Fresno state and that he's known for. So uh, that seems to kind of fit in a lot with what the Cowboys want to do. Uh, next one, Damone Clark, a uh, linebacker from LSU. We, we spent a good portion portion of a show talking about him. So if you want to go listen to our pre-draft thoughts on him, you can do that. 
But again, fifth round is the the type of spot where you want to gamble on somebody like this, where if he was healthy, probably a late second, early third round pick. Yeah, I had a two three on him. Uh, you know, we talked about him. Please go back and check that out. To get him in the fifth round here uh, is is a fantastic gamble. Did you and hear Kiefer's thoughts on him as he was breaking him down? I didn't actually. So if you have a chance to go back and watch it, Kuiper said he heard from teams before injury that he was like late one, early two, and he was in competition to be the first linebacker drafted. I mean, I really liked him. Again, like I think Good you player. and I said this this is going to be blasphemy, and I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud because I told you this, but I liked him just as much as I liked N'Kobe Dean when I watched yeah. him, simply because I felt like there was more upside there in, yep. in, in the athleticism. So – uh, the Cowboys to get him here. And frankly, it sounds like he may even, you know, according to, to Stephen Jones, we'll see. We'll he see. may even sneak into the end of the season and get some reps. So uh, if that's the case, I mean, this is a slam dunk pick in, in the 176. We'll see. I, I'm still going forward with the expectation. He's not going to play this year. And I think that's probably the smart thing to do. But well, that's what I, we should expect. Right? That's what we should it's, expect. But I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys plan is – in 2023, you'll have Micah Parsons on a rookie contract. You'll have Jabril Cox on a rookie contract. You'll have Damone Clark on a rookie contract. You'll have another linebacker uh, that we're going to talk about here in a second. As long as Clark can get back to close to what he was at LSU, you're going to have a, a good player that at the very least could be part of a rotation. Absolutely. And suddenly you've got a, a, a linebacker core that you feel as good about as <laughs> you did, I guess, at this point last year, which was kind of fool's gold. It's just way bit, cheaper. So. Way cheaper yeah, with way a lot cheaper. less draft capital invested into it, right? That's right. Uh, and, I mean, the other thing we should mention, far more athletic, right? I mean, yeah. Damone Clark is an athlete. I mean, he can really run. He's got great size. We know that Jerbro Cox is a great athlete. We know Parsons is an incredible athlete. Uh, we should also mention Devin Harper. Linebacker from uh, uh, this is Oklahoma State, I believe. Yep. Um, I mean, you're getting a four-five guy that can run, hit, and can play a bunch of special teams. Yeah, and, and again, not surprised. These 235-ish four-five guys. That's what they're looking for at linebacker nowadays. That's the kind of prototype. So, yep, they got two um, of them, and both of them are pretty athletic. Yeah, the, this is a pure special teams pick for the Cowboys here, right? They, they want somebody that can play on punt return, kickoff. Um, he was a two-time special teams captain at Fresno State. When he came in on the 30 visit with the Cowboys, uh, it was Bones Fossil that was showing him around. So this is a special teams pick. We'll see if he ever develops anything on defense. Uh, and the last pick that we should mention, we kind of skipped over him. We skipped John over Ridgeway, him. defensive tackle, yeah. Arkansas. I mean, this guy is going to become a uh, fan favorite pretty quick, it seems like, just based on his interviews and everything he sounds like. I mean, this guy is a trash can filled with dirt. And is 6'5", 320. He's not going to get moved a around a lot by offensive linemen nope. or himself, frankly. Uh, he's just not, not going to be in one spot, and he's not going to get moved. But uh, I think this is very much – an exciting pick for me uh, simply because of what it means that the Cowboys are kind of uh, breaking the seal, if you will, on, on drafting. Uh, I mean, again, they drafted a guy in the seventh round last year. That doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that, that, I mean, I think, like you said, uh, he, he's Bohana is going to feel like he, there's no competition here. 
Um, but I think the fact that they're willing there to is. start drafting these guys, yeah, I'm sure there is. Uh, the fact that they're willing to draft these guys now, these 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 one techniques run stuffers, means that they're uh, recommitting to these guys. Yep. And I know that the 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 analytics don't like it and, and all that, but I, I just think that you need these kind of players on your t- on your roster. Uh, to kind of help slow down the run games when they when they can find a way the the Marcus McCool Mendoza line or whatever we're calling that where uh, your run defense is so bad that it's actually the becomes the most pertinent thing on your most important thing to yeah. fix on your team uh, the Cowboys didn't ever actually kind of fall beneath that threshold last year but this kind of investment in the sort of body in the middle of the defense sort of protects you from uh, you know hopefully what happened with the 49ers in the playoff yeah. game where they were just kind of tearing the middle of your lineup this will be a situational player. And I mean that like during the game and even game to game, right? There's probably going to be games where he's just not active because yeah. you're going to be going against a team. That's not going to try to run the ball between the tackles very often. So you won't need them. But if you get to play a team like Baltimore or you're playing the 49ers or somebody like that, you're going to be really happy that you have this guy on the field. Doesn't provide you any pass rush, but can really hold up against the run. And I, I saw enough plays from him making plays outside of the tackle box where he's at least going to – he's not so big that he's sloppy and he he get tires easily. That's not really his game. He's going to play hard for the 20 snaps that he's in there. Um, so I like it. It's, it's, it's good value here. What was it, fifth round? Yeah, late fifth round. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key, right? I mean, that's appropriate place to take that kind yes. of player. And the Cowboys just have avoided doing it in the past, so I'm glad to see that they're kind of filling that need appropriately. Draft grades are stupid, but let's hand them out. Uh, what grade do you give the Cowboys here? I mean, I hate draft grades. Um, I went C minus. I'll go B minus. I, I I think that you know you have to if you're going to do that kind of thing, you know you have to take into consider the way that the draft fell. I mean, which is something that you have no control. Like it didn't fall well for the Cowboys. I think they they still were able to salvage a good draft out of a very bad circumstance. So, um, yeah, this is very much a wait and see draft for the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a CD lamb. There isn't a Micah Parsons. And frankly, Micah Parsons wasn't even, you know, as excited. We weren't excited about Micah Parsons the way that we should have been. Who could ever hate the Micah Parsons pick? That guy's an idiot, man. (laughs) Uh, But I agree. I, I think this is a draft where, we're really going to have to wait till we get to training camp and into the season. And we might not even have a clue until next year anyways, until we see what does Tyler Smith look like from year one to year two? What does Jalen Tol- Tolbert look like after a year of NFL coaching? Uh, just take a wait and see approach with this uh, yeah. class of the Cowboys. So we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to break down Jalen Tolbert and Sam Williams in depth. So be ready for that. We'll continue with our deep dives into, into all the Cowboys selections We'll do a UDFA show at some point. We're going to bring on some guests to, to go over some of these guys uh, as well. So make sure you guys are on the lookout for that. Download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, follow the show on YouTube, Locked On Cowboys over there. Uh, you can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.